0: You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on
1: ABC, channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. And it's the same if you're angry with someone at work or your family members. Your anger isn't hurting them, it's hurting you. So God wants us to be able to move forward and not feel like we need to repay everybody who's done us wrong. Because here's the thing, in this life, a lot of people are going to do you wrong. A lot of people are going to say things and do things that are hurtful. And here's the deal, I would not be here right now if I didn't live by this philosophy. Because people say things and do things no matter what you do. Whether you're in, a, in the world at work, or whether you're teaching Sunday school, or teaching a Bible study, or your church, wherever. You know, things, you're going to be offended. People are going to say things, do things. But you've got to toughen up, and you've got to move on, and don't let that hinder you. Now, uh, because God's going to repay them. And that's just good for me to know, hey, God's going to repay them. And what God's going to give them is a lot worse than what I could give them. And so Paul's encouraging them, even though you're being persecuted, hey, God's going to repay them. And now we know that they're going to get repaid. And and he says in verse 7, And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. And so he's starting to talk about Jesus' return. And he says, hey, look, there's a day coming when all the Christians will have rest in righteousness, and all the unrighteous will live in fear because they're going to experience God's wrath. And he's going to talk about in this book about the great tribulation. And so he's saying, look, but that's not what you're experiencing now. So he says in verse 8, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so during the great tribulation, the Bible says, if you read the book of Revelation, that's God's wrath being poured out on this earth. And now some people would say to me, well, oh, Pastor Bob, I disagree with that. Well, that's fine. Revelation 6.17 says this, for the great day of his wrath. Who do you think he's talking about? Bob, Suze, Julie. It's God. The, the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So Revelation 6.17 tells us that when all the bad stuff starts happening in the book of Revelation, it's God's wrath being poured out on the wicked who choose to reject Christ. Now, some people say, well, how can God pour out his wrath on people? Well, because they choose to reject him. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus said that hell was made for the demons. And in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Bible says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God wants people to repent. In fact, he has churches all around the world, and there's preachers in there saying, repent. I don't know if they say it like that, but you know, they're like, hey, you can be forgiven of your sins and you don't have to go to hell and you don't have to go through the tribulation. You can be forgiven of your sin and you can experience God's love in your life. And there are people who come to church and be like, I can't believe he called me a sinner. Doesn't he know how awesome I am? Huh, I'm never going there again. And you're like, pastor, people do that? Yeah. In fact, Jesus said that there are people who don't want to walk in the light. They want to walk in darkness. And Jesus said it in John 3, 19. He said, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. See, Jesus came into this world to bring salvation and to bring light and truth. And there are people who reject Jesus. And he says in verse 20, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. In other words, there are people who don't want to go to heaven, there are people who don't want to be forgiven of their sins, there are people who are like, I like being selfish. And I I like doing whatever I want. I don't care about anybody else. And if my actions hurt other people, so be it. I'm the most important thing. And I don't want to be forgiven. And I want to do whatever I want. And I don't care if I go to hell. In fact, I've had people tell me, I want to go to hell. You're like, Pastor Bob, really? Yeah. I've had people tell me, I want to go to hell because there's a party going on in hell. And I'm excited and looking forward to it. And I'm like, hmm. Anyway, they just have bad theology. And he goes on to say in verse 9, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction. So they have a wrong perspective of hell. For the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And so if a person doesn't want to live with God, God's not going to force them to go to heaven. God's not going to make anybody go to heaven. But there's only two choices. It's heaven or hell. And so what does he say? The punishment is going to be banished from the presence of God. See, people who live in America who say, oh, I want to go to hell, they don't realize all the blessings that they're experiencing now because of God. God's goodness in this nation. God's goodness in this world. Just think, in hell there's no light only darkness, no love, no hope, no purity, just pure evil. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place where there's a lot of evil, but it's not good. Even evil people don't like when there's so much evil. And so Paul was telling those believers that doesn't like, hey, for the people who reject God and who persecute Christians, then you know what? They're going to get their way. If they don't want to follow the Lord, then they're going to have everlasting destruction, he says there. Now, everlasting destruction is not the same as annihilation. See, God's judgment is is forever. And Jesus said, everybody lives forever. You know that, that Jesus said everybody lives forever? See, some are like, well, I thought just only Christians live forever. No, Jesus said everybody lives forever. Now, where? Jesus said in Matthew 25, 46. He said, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. See, there's everlasting punishment and eternal life. There's the eternal lake of fire, and there's eternal life. There's heaven. And so everybody's gonna live somewhere, forever. And I think that's why when you go to a funeral and someone dies, everybody's so shocked they died. See, because something deep down inside of us expects that we should live forever because we are going to live forever. And so when people die, there's like, whoa, how could they die? And it's just so shocking to people because there is this in our soul thing, hey, we're going to live forever. And we are. And so Paul is saying that for those who reject Christ, a way into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now, Some of you are thinking, Pastor Bob, have you not read the political correctness philosophy recently? I haven't. (laughs) You're like, well, we're not supposed to talk about hell at church. I'm like, okay, we won't. Uh, Verse 10, it says, when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. And so he's saying, Jesus is going to come again. And that's when the tribulation is going to be happening. Jesus is coming again. He's going to be admired by the saints. And verse 11, Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power. And so Paul's saying, you know what? You're not going through the great tribulation period. And those who are persecuting it, they're going to be judged. And Jesus is going to come one day and he's going to make things right. But until then, we're praying for you that you would fulfill all of God's good pleasures in your life and his goodness and the work of faith with power. And so Paul's praying that they would accomplish God's purposes in their life. Even though they were being persecuted, even though things were going very difficult for them, Paul said, look, you can still do God's will. And this is important. See, sometimes people think, well, I would serve God if everything went my way. Well, I'm here to tell you, if no one has told you yet, it's never going to go your way. <laughs> it, it, never. I mean, when you're a kid, your parents don't do what you tell them. And then when you grow up and then you marry somebody, they don't do what you tell them. And then you have kids and they don't do what you tell them. And then you get a job. They don't do what you tell them. I mean, nobody's going to do what you tell them. Nothing's going to go your way. You're like, well, Pastor pops some things go my way. Well, then you should praise Jesus. You should be thankful for it. Because basically, all of life is a lot of adversity. And so some people think, well, I would serve Jesus if things went my way. These people were being persecuted in a serious way. And yet Paul's saying, you can accomplish God's purposes in your life, even though you're being persecuted. Now, God has a plan for your life. Are you seeking him? Are you saying, Lord, what is that plan? You might say, well, Pastor Bob, where does it say God has a plan for my life? Well, I'm glad you asked. Ephesians 2.10 says this. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So that word workmanship is where we get the word poem. So your life is like a poem to God that you are his workmanship and he has good works that he's prepared for you to do what are they? I don't know. You need to ask him. You need to pray. You need to say, God, what are the good works that you want me to be doing? And it's different for everybody. I mean, for some of you, it might be you're a school teacher at a public school, and and you're a light for Jesus there. Some of you might be you're an electrician, or a plumber, or or maybe you're a doctor, or a nurse, or uh, you work at a hospital, or whatever. Wherever you go, God has a plan for your life, and God wants you to be seeking him because he has things for you to do. And as Paul was praying for them, hey, that you would fulfill his good pleasures. See, that's what being a Christian is about, It's about surrendering your life to Christ and saying, you've forgiven me, you've saved me, you've transformed me, you've made me a new person, and now that things are better in my life, God, I want to give you all that I am to serve you and bring glory to you. And when you do that, it brings great joy to your life because you're accomplishing what God created you to do. And when you're doing things that God didn't create you to do, it's quite miserable. Why? Because you weren't made to do it. And it's so weird how many people do stuff over and over again, and you're like, hey, is that making you happy? No. No. What's it doing? It's making you sad. Why do you keep doing it? I don't know. (laughs) I was like, but see, God has given you wisdom from his word to say he has a plan for your life. You can seek him and follow him, and he wants to do great things, and he has works in store for you to do, and you need to seek him, and that's part of the Christian life, part of the Christian journey is to pray and say, Lord, what is it that you have me to do? And that's how I ended up here. I was just in my office at my last church praying, God, what do you want me to do? And I felt like the Lord said, hey, I want you to go start a Calvary Chapel over there in Caldwell. And it's like, whoa. Whoa. Maybe I don't want to hear that. you know? And sometimes we don't want to hear what God has to say. Maybe he said, I don't want you to teach Sunday school. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, or maybe he said, Hey, I want you to go to the prayer group. I want you to pray for our town. I want you to pray for the government. You're always screaming at the TV. I want you to go to this prayer group and start praying. I mean, I don't know what God's plan is for your life, but you've got to pray and say, God, speak to me. And see, God wants to speak to you. And sometimes people say, Well, I never hear God speak to me. And I ask them, Well, how often do you sit in silence and say, God, speak to me? You read his word, you pray. It's so, okay, God, what do you want to say to me? I mean, you do that every day, and God's going to speak to you. You can ask him very specific questions. God, if there's anything in my life that's not pleasing to you, show me. Guarantee you. Get a pen out. Start writing. He's going to speak to you. <laughs> well, depends on where you're at. But I mean, you know, God wants to speak to you. He wants to direct your life. And so he's praying for these guys that they would fulfill God's purposes, even in the midst of adversity and persecution. And he says in verse 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul's saying, you know, you, your life is bringing glory to Jesus even though you're being persecuted. And here's the thing. How can you bring glory to Jesus? It says this in Matthew 5:16. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, when you do good works, whatever they are, it brings glory to God. When people look at you doing good things to help people, to bless people, to serve people, whether it's at work or at church or in your neighborhood or in your house, people look at you and say, wow, Praise God for good things that you're doing, and that's how we bring glory to God in that aspect of shining for him by serving him, and Jesus said, you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be a servant, so we're going to stop there because we're out of time. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight, and we do pray that you would cause these truths to go into our hearts, and we pray that you would help all of us to be growing spiritually. Lord, none of us want to be in that place where we can't receive your truth because we're so immature. Lord, we want to grow that we can receive it. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help all of us to continue to seek you with all of our hearts and minds and soul. Lord, we want to be accomplishing your purposes. We want to bring glory to you in all that we do and say. And so we pray, Lord, that you would just fill us up to overflowing with your spirit and stir us up, Lord, this week as we seek you and as we serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel, Calvary is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday, with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you.